Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is the latest, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Devin Ooglin and Ronnie Flores here with you for episode number 108. And today, in today's episode, we're going to get into the best of the NBA rookies so far. A lot of guys that uh, Ronnie and I are familiar with from the high school days, and a lot of our listeners are also familiar with from the high school days are playing well uh, at the next level, at the highest level. Uh, we're also going to talk about Scottie Pippen's new book, um, Unguarded, oh uh, and kind of his 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 recent, uh, I guess, book tour, media tour, uh, where he's disparaging the great uh, Michael Jordan, his former teammate, obviously, with the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. There's a lot of good stuff there, so that, that'll be a fun one to jump into. And finally, we will discuss the Cal High Sports preseason state rankings for California. Where we, we discussed in our last podcast on ITP 107, the full uh, Fab 50 national rankings. And now we're going to go into a little bit more regional action, especially here in Southern California and California in general, as most of our listeners, as we know, are interested in that area. But first, Ronnie, let's get into the best of the NBA rookies thus far. It's been, you know, 10, 11 games, 12 games for most teams, but it's always fun to take a look at the quick returns on the rookies, especially guys sure. we, we followed so much over the last you know, six, seven years throughout their eighth grade to, you know, middle school to high school careers. Um, and I'll start with my surprise first, a, a guy who I'm kind of, um, I'm happy for him, obviously, but I'm kind of surprised that he's fit in with this team so well, so quickly. That's Scotty Barnes. I think yeah. on our draft show, Ronnie, when they picked him at number four, I was like, dang, they're just picking another Pascal Siakam to play with Pascal Siakam. But yeah, a guy like Scotty Barnes, the way the you know the activity he plays with, the energy he plays with, the you know I guess the passion and joy that he plays with can't be understated because he's having a hell of a first eleven games as a starter. Thirty four, oh, yeah. thirty five minutes a game. Um, he's averaging sixteen point six points, eight point five rebounds, and uh, two point seven assists, and one point one steals per game. That's those are rookie of the year candidate type yeah. numbers, Ronnie. I was about to say, guy. those are like borderline yeah. all-star appearance right. numbers. Right. And I think, I think a lot of people, especially in the East are like, is Scotty Barnes the all-star for the Raptors? Like, is he <laughs> going to be the representative? I mean, he might be, uh, I, that would so, be pretty awesome. I mean, that would yeah. be like, wow. And that would be just, you know, kudos to them. Obviously the, the way they worked out, obviously we knew Cade Mobley and green, were going to go top three. I don't think that was going to break the mold, but it's like, you know, Scotty Barnes, we, again, we're talking about his offense, but we knew he did the other things so well, but I think also too, he's getting mismatches. Again, as you said, the league's changed. I always see him and people mention it to me that have been closely watching that he's being guarded by way off position. Like big men are guarding him, guys that would be quote unquote centers. And he's just too fast too you know, too skilled runs the floor too well. No guy, six ten, two fifty can keep up with Scotty Barnes. I mean, I'm not saying they're always guarding him, but, and then you go too small, and he knows what to do. I mean, he's pretty well-schooled. Like you said, he's a smart IQ player. He runs the floor so well. It's like his game's almost opened up. Yeah. You know, again, Florida State had a lot of guys. Leonard Hamilton has a lot of guys, six, 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 seven, that could athletes. But it's like maybe the spacing's well, and he's playing, obviously, with other good offensive players. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is he's taking advantage of the spacing for sure because he can put the yeah. ball on the floor a little bit. He can drive yeah. it. He can score through contact. Um, he's out, he's shooting 52% from the field overall, uh, only 20% from three. So obviously his three point shot is something which we knew coming in was his biggest weakness. Uh, 
but he's finding other ways to score, whether it's in transition. Uh, and you know, the NBA is a, a big time transition game. So it's if all you transition right yeah, now, yeah, if you got the energy and, and are willing to, you know, rim run and run the floor and fill lanes and things like that, guys are going to find you and you're going to be able to score because the other team wants to get it right out and come back the same way. So, uh, yeah. defense early on in the NBA is kind of not really, uh, not not much of a, a thing going on here in the NBA. The la- the, the first few games, yeah, the first few games, for sure. And then I also wanted to mention that, like again, there's a lot of guys that are similar athlete at Florida State, but we and he didn't really have to show a lot of jump shooting, a lot of offense at Montverde with that two years ago with Cade Cunningham and Moses Moody and those guys. They yep. were on char. He just pressed the ball, created steals, and and. You know, if he if he's playing like he must think like great, you know, he's adjusting well. I think because he's played at a high level for a long time, with with good players. So I I think that's helped him. Whether yeah, compared to playing like center at a local high school team, and it's like dang, now I'm I, like he's he's been well schooled, and I I think he's a confident kid. And I I mentioned this at Pangos camp, and I'm sure I even mentioned it on the pod uh, back then, and we mentioned it going forward when he was in college. Was like no matter. Who he's playing with, whether it's Green or uh, Jalen Suggs or any other top players, whatever team Scotty Barnes is, that's the team you want to be on, or that's the team you want to bet on. Yeah, like, and I think it's the same thing now. Like, he's not going to play on too many losing teams. I don't think that's just in his DNA and just the way his approach. And you mentioned like some of the matchups he creates. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, I take the I take a massive L on the questioning of Scotty Barnes through the first eleven games of the season. Uh, Ryan, let's move to to your surprise, and then we'll get into our not surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised by Jalen Suggs, and not so much what what he's doing or what not he's doing. I just don't know what Orlando is doing. So I, I've seen that um, our guy Cole Anthony from Oak Hill, Greg Anthony's son is down in Orlando too. And he seems to be having a, a, some breakout games and a good season. You know, uh, again, I'm going here speaking of Cole and Cole right now is averaging uh, 33 minutes per game, 19 points, shooting it pretty well. 40% from just under 40% from the threes rebounding 7.2. So when I look at Jalen Suggs, he's averaging 28 minutes a game, about 11.5 points, but his shooting is the big difference. Shooting 30% from the field, I'm seeing 3 for 10, 4 for 14, 3 for 11, and it's 3-point. He had two good 3-point shooting games, Devin. Um, a 4-for-8 game against the Raptors on October 29th and a 4-for-8 game against the Heat uh, October 25th, which would have been the second game of the season. Besides that, he like basically hasn't been able to knock down a, jump sh- a, a deep sh- jump shot. So mm-hmm. are they just not working well together? Is, is Jalen not shooting good enough? He's not a good shooter? Is, was that over-glossed at? Gonzaga, because we know he can defend. We know he's a good athlete. We know he's tough. But is or is it just two guys that can do a lot of the same things, and one guy shoots better? Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. Is you know they're kind of basically the same player. Obviously, Jalen Suggs has a little bit of a little bit of size and girth on Cole Anthony and physicality. But is Cole Anthony a more polished offensive player? I mean, right now it seems as if that's the case. So those are two of the same guys at the same position. And you wonder if that fit is kind of just not where it needs to be right now, or you know if Suggs is kind of just experiencing a little bit of the the rookie lulls and shooting. And like you said, yeah. he had four four threes in one game, four threes in another game. That's pretty much the only threes he's hit yeah. the whole season. Yeah, if he doesn't hit those four threes, he's shooting literally like eight percent to ten percent from the three. Like you know, that's not going right. to get it done. I mean, no. again, we know the NBA level, the scouting's so good. The players all know each other, you know, they're going to, or they're going to find out about the rookies real fast. So, you know, they're going to sag off him or, or, or bring a defense where it's forcing him to shoot, take away his lanes. He's not going to be that productive. Yeah. Maybe I'm not surprised by the, the shooting percentage numbers more than I'm surprised by a 3.6 assist number for Jalen Suggs and a 3.3 rebound. I figured with his IQ and his passing ability and all that, and, and his physicality and his athleticism that, he'd be a guy who would be in that five and five range with, with assists yeah. and rebounds, but not there yet. Uh, maybe he's just trying to get comfortable uh, in the NBA, but uh, obviously both these surprises have, have a bright future. So I'm going to jump into my not surprise, which is pretty easy. Uh, I think Ronnie, both you and I were on this train that uh, I mean, right now it's early, but it's looking like Detroit may be kicking itself for passing on Evan Mobley, who 
is just having a great dominant start on both ends of the floor for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, real quick, Ronnie, 15.3 points, 7.9 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 1.3 blocks per game. But you, you go beyond numbers with Evan, and we always have gone beyond numbers with Evan because his impact is more in just defensive presence yeah. than it is with you know rebounding numbers or block shot numbers or points per game yeah. numbers. It's more like, hey, this dude is leading the NBA in, in shot contests per game, and that's because he's long and he's athletic and he's smart and he's got great timing on the defensive end. And yeah. you remember that game, Ronnie, against Etiwanda back uh, in, in the open division? I think it was a regional semi when he only had like nine points and seven rebounds, rebounds. And yeah, they a couple lost. blocks. Like, and people were like, how can, you know, this number, you know, top five player or potential number one draft pick only, only have nine points in a, in a game. It's like, well, it's because he doesn't force things, right? He lets the game come Correct. to him and, and it really helps him at the NBA level because there's so many other guys around him who are those guys who draw that kind of attention. And then you got a guy like Evan Mobley who comes in and can, you know, hit sure. threes. He can initiate offense. He can, he can do everything. So, well, yeah. And it's just, if you look at it from me and you, Devin, we're like normal humans. What I mean by that is like we're between five foot seven and five foot nine or five foot ten, whatever. And like, hey, give me crown five pens. Give me, give me five pens. <laughs> yeah. So the way we move, though, it's like, yeah. When you see Evan, don't forget his numbers for a minute. You don't have a guy on your team that can move like him. Yeah. At his size and his ability and what he covers. So, and I think that goes for most NBA teams too. You just don't see a guy that agile, that big, who's pretty smart, doesn't get in foul trouble, knows good timing is not a selfish player. So whatever question marks people had about him, I think those are turning into positives because it's like, oh, dude, look at all he gives us. And he doesn't even need the ball much. He doesn't need, you know, uh, yeah. we don't have to build around him per se offensively. He's mm -hmm. just giving you all that because that's him. Yeah. Like he just moves different than any high school player we've seen recently in terms of a seven-footer, even, even compared to his brother and other big men, 6'10", 6 6 Like this guy's all of seven-foot and he runs so nimble. He moves from point A to point B. He's got good timing. And he's going to go get the ball. So, and, and go get shot contests, which it changes everything. And, and he's good enough offensively to to keep defensive honest. You know, you have to guard him, and he moves so well. I, I just don't think there's many seven footers that move as well as him already, and that makes a big difference. Yeah, if you put a, you put a big slow center on him, he can put yeah. the ball on the floor and go by him, yeah. or pick and yeah. pop and hit a quick three or a quick, you know, eighteen to twenty foot jumper. And if you put a smaller guy on him, Evan can go inside and, and do some post work or crash the offensive glass. Um, because smaller guys, you know, especially now they don't like to box out boxing yeah. out's not really a thing anymore. It's if, if a shot goes up, everyone's looking to go get the ball and push. And yeah. if you have a, a guy who's willing to crash the offensive glass, who's as, as fleet of foot, like you said, as Evan is, yeah. you got a pretty damn good uh, player on both sides of the ball. So, uh, Ryan, yeah. take us in, take us into your uh, not surprised. Yeah, not, I'm not surprised by Davion Mitchell of the Kings. Obviously, you, you've seen the viral videos of him just locking guys up, and it's just it looks like a high a high school player going up against an NBA defender. I mean, he's just all over guys. A little bit of his just passion and 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 wanting it. I mean, he obviously has the skill. You have to move your feet. You have to be engaged. And 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 you've got to want it. I mean, defensive, you got to want it. I, you know, like we said, this first 10 games, some teams are probably know their playoff team, they're they're coasting, but a guy like Davion Mitch trying to make an impact, trying to yeah. earn his keep, show that he belongs in the league. I thought he was a great pickup then. I, I he's just as good now. He's just he's so good. And that team Baylor team was so good as a team, those two guards, and, and he can really defend it. And I, you know me, Devin, I like guys that can get places from point A to B without the ball, like an Evan, or with the ball off the dribble, like Davion, like first at, first step at explosiveness. Yeah. And he had it. Like, I yeah. even see in the Gonzaga game and other tournaments games, guys can't stay in front of him. He can get yeah. wherever he wants. And he can do that a little bit offensively, and he definitely defensively, not, you know, he he's still with that same junkyard man, junkyard dog mentality and, and just effort. And, and you like to see that, because I, I like to see that in the NBA. I don't really like to see just jacking up threes, both teams just kind of loafing on defense, trying to be tough guys when they get fouled. Like, I want to see just good basketball. Yeah. And that's good. And he brings good basketball to the table, and hopefully it's contagious, and hopefully other Kings pick up on it. Because, again, we have too many of these stories of, of Marvin Bagley, Ben Simmons, 
a few other guys where they just kind of like, oh, I don't want to play. I, I can't. I don't feel like playing. I can't play. Like da- Davion is totally the other opposite, and that's just refreshing to see. Yeah, it, it shows that there are guys out there who, like you said, still have that junkyard dog mentality. And with, with Davion Mitchell and Evan Mobley, the two common themes between those two, even though they're two different positions and two different, you yeah. know, obviously sizes, Complaint is, players, yeah. is defense. Like yeah. defense translates at every level yeah. and shooting translates at every level too, obviously. But defense, like if you can guard, you're going to get on the floor. And that's yeah. at every level. That's at, that's at the youth level. That's at uh, the high school level. That's at the college level. That's at the junior college level. Every single level you can imagine, Ronnie, defense will get you on the court. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, of of Ben Simmons, let's touch on that real quick, Ronnie. Uh, I didn't have it in yeah. our rundown, but it, yeah. since you mentioned it, I guess we should we should kind of discuss a little bit. So obviously, everybody who's listening likely knows the saga with Ben Simmons. He yeah. uh, held out, didn't want to play for uh, Philly anymore because they were discussing potential trade talks with him in the offseason, um, and then came back and was, you know, kind of going through the motions in practice, was refusing to do a few drills here and there. <laughs> and then they sent him home and he hasn't been back since. And there's been the saga with the, uh, the uh, uh, finding a therapist or, or a mental health professional to sure. help him. He didn't want to go through the Philly Philly's doctor because he thought that it might, they might be trying to uh, pull one over on him. Man, it's, uh, <laughs> this is wild, man. This is yeah. wild. What do you, what do you make of this, this Ben Simmons thing? Is it time just to, just to find a trade and make it make it happen. Yeah, I, I think they're in a tough spot because they would obviously got more value for him prior. And and every day that passes, it's like the value, you know, is just plummeting. But uh the players have leverage there. And I think it's it goes to play on to a little bit of who runs the league, like agents, an agent yeah. thing, and and the star players, quote unquote star players. And it really leaves the fans in a bad spot. I mean, look what's happening around the country. People or is inflation's going crazy? Jobs are are you know hard to come by to keep and, and things of that nature. Like people w- want to make money, people complain about money. There's a pandemic that's maybe on the tail end, and it's like it's been a really tough year and a mm-hmm. tough year and a half. And you guys are making multi million dollars and they don't want to play a game of basketball. The perception of it is really bad when you just look at it from the now. There's always going to be a core of NBA fans, but when you just look at it from the general. And, and guys that just like NBA, maybe a little bit, they like college, they like NASCAR, M- MLB. They're going to be like, dude, what's, what is this all about? Like, you're going to turn a lot of people off. And I think it's a bigger problem. I think it's a problem. You see yeah. it with different players. It's like, this is not good for the product. I, I don't care how much money they're making. I don't care how much you like ball. It, it, it's got to be resolved. It, 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 you know, and again, if he does have some personal problems, you know, I apologize in advance, but I'll also get them taken care of. But still how often are we going to go through this where a guy doesn't want to play for a certain team? It, 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 you know, people out there have some real problems, paying their bills, finding a job, that type of thing. So it comes off very bad for uh, a guy making a talented player making oodles of money that only, you know, 450 guys can do that job. It just comes off really bad. Yeah. Again, and the, the team that ends up trading for him, um, is going to have to, I guess, maybe resell their fan base on yeah. trading for Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is a really good basketball player for as much as everyone wants to hate on yeah. his inability to shoot threes or his, yeah. his, his, uh, uh, inability to even shoot the three, take the three, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, he's still really gifted. He can do a lot of different things. He's uh, young. He's yeah. still young. He's still yeah. is a double, double threat every night. Yeah. Uh, triple double threat. Really. If you think about it with rebounds yeah. and assists and points and, 6'10", doing what he does at his size, it's like he's still a really good player, but is he going to still have that kind of baggage at his next stop? And the team yeah. that the team that the team that trades for him is going to have to give up a lot of pieces to get him because yeah. he's, he's a good player. He's an all-star caliber player. Well, so. It goes to your point of, and you've mentioned it a lot on this pod over time, but with the mellow ball, James Wiseman, you know, people are like, what if he goes to just Golden State? You give up James Wiseman or give up a piece, and then Clay Thompson's going to eventually come back. You know, when, uh, like, oh, that'll take them to the next level. I don't know if that's true, but I, I, you know, he's still an intriguing piece to guys that are teams that are trying to win a championship, you know, yeah. or, or contending. And, and, uh, you got to take a look at him if you can get some. I think I've even heard a lot of people mention Jalen Brown that maybe the situation with him and Tatum is not cohesive as maybe they people thought it was that when they were, 
coming up in the ranks as young players with that with that core they had. They were like, man, this this Boston Celtic team can be in the you know in the NBA Finals for a lot for many years to come. But I don't really know if it's coming off like that anymore. So no, yeah, I've heard the rumors of Jalen Brown, and I think yeah. as far as fit goes. And the, the, you know, pieces to offer is probably Golden State makes the most sense. Um, sure. Just because you have guys like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson will be back soon. Um, and, and Kevon Looney and, and Jordan Poole and guys who can shoot three, who can shoot the three. And then an offense that's creative enough to work in a guy like Ben Simmons uh, to the offense, even though he struggles uh, shooting the ball. But yeah. you have Ben Simmons and Draymond Green on the same court at the same time. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, he's with or, yeah, going under. <laughs> Well, like you said, if you had mellow ball, you wouldn't even be worrying about the Ben Simmons situation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, man, we, we, we beat that dead horse like crazy with yeah. mellow ball over James Wiseman, but yeah, there's no, there's no need to beat it anymore. No. But yeah, that, those are all interesting picks and it's like our interesting scenarios and picks. And you know, it's still, I'm still a little bit remain to be seen going back to the draft. If like Detroit is really kicking themselves yet again, yeah. 10 games. Who's gonna reach this rookie wall, quote unquote wall? Is it Scotty Barnes? Is it you know Kate Cunningham? He's barely warming up. Is it Jalen Green? He's not on a very good team at the number two pick to the Rockets. Uh, or is it you know keeper is Evan Mobley gonna numbers gonna tap out, or is he just gonna hey he I think Mobley is the one of the chances to really just kind of stay main maintain because his size, his movement, mm -hmm. that's not gonna change. Like you know, his his the matchups he create. I don't think that's going to change. May get a little tired with eighty two games toward the end, but that's normal for a rookie. You yeah. know, but they do have a good core. Uh, I'm not on the on record to say yeah, Detroit's going to regret this. You know, three four years down the line. But what's your take there? I don't think they regret it. Yeah, I don't think they regret it because I think Cade's still going to be a solid NBA player. He's only played yeah. five games so far. Uh, yeah. because of an ankle injury to, you know, it limited his, his start to the season. Yeah, uh, his numbers, yeah. obviously a little shaky, 28% from the field overall, uh, 12, five and, and two or 12, five and three, I guess, if you round up on points, rebounds, assists, but you, I, I watched that game the other night on ESPN, which was, uh, uh, the Rockets versus the Pistons. And yeah, obviously both teams were picking one and two for a reason. It's because they're really bad. They're not that and, good. Yeah. 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 Houston's. Houston's awful. And I think Houston Detroit, yeah, yeah, I think Detroit has more pieces now that could help them win, you know, a year or two from know, now. Not, not, yeah, a year or two away, not, not this year, but be in a, in a potential conversation for an Eastern Conference playoff berth with, you know, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Killian Hayes, guys like that, Sadiq Bay. Uh, that's a good, that's a good core with, with Kay Cunningham also. You look at the Rockets, man, and Jalen Green's playing great. No doubt about it. He's making shots. He's making plays. He has highlight dunks, like everything we expected him to do. But that team, whoo, boy, that team is bad. They're a bad team. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> at times it's like him being him on the G League Ignite in many yeah. regards. Yeah, they're just not that good. No, and, not and that good. Or is that we knew that, but now does the Rockets look like okay? We got a nice piece here. Uh, you know, can we get Chet Holmgren and or Paulo Ben? Can we get Paulo Benchero or or one of those two? Like, you know, they they may have something to look forward to down the line. But are are they gonna coast him? Make sure he doesn't play too many minutes. Don't hurt him as a rookie. Or you think it's just hey, he's gonna be a cornerstone piece here. Let him play out. He'll play all eighty two games if he's healthy. Or is it just gonna be like, hey, we're tanking for Chet or, or Paulo Benchero and that's it? You know. So even. <laughs> Even if Jalen Green plays every game and yeah. has the same amount of stats, impact, and all that, I think that team is so bad that they're going to be in the one-two conversation regardless. Sure. So I'm playing. I'm playing him as as many minutes as he can play. Uh, sure. I'm probably getting him as as many shots or as many reps in game yeah. as he can as he can handle, yeah. and get him ready to. You know, obviously he's a cornerstone piece, and but get him ready to welcome in another potential cornerstone piece in the draft in 222. And be like, hey, this is how it needs to be done. This is what we need to do, yeah. and have him just be a guy who can take over as like a, a go-to guy because they don't have that now. Kevin Porter is not that guy. Uh, Christian no. Wood is not that guy. I can't even think of who else is on the damn team. <laughs> I but, don't think it matters. Yeah, but I don't think it matters <laughs> after that, right? Uh, Jay no, Sean they're going to be moving. It's Jay Sean Tate. Like he's, Jay Sean Tate's not not no. you know he'll, he'll, he's maybe a nice you know six man type piece or a bench type piece, but if you're trying to win in the Western Conference and get in the playoffs. Is Jay Sean Tate like you're starting two, three? Uh, yeah. Probably not. Yeah. So they need major upgrades. So 
Yeah, I think I think we're on the same boat. Still remains to be seen. I think all three picks are good players. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's changed. I don't think a team's like, damn, we just shot ourselves in the foot. We're we totally screwed this up. I I, I don't see that again. Go back to Wiseman. Is it you know maybe because Steph Curry's having such a good season, and and you're anticipating Clay coming back. That takes some pressure off Wiseman because if that team wasn't good, people would be like, "What the hell's going on with this young kid?" Yeah, you know, I, I think that's, that's helping them because they're, you know, they're contending a bit, and and Steph's playing so well, and and and, and so this is, my question is, does that help Jalen Green or hurt him? That hey, you you have no pressure. We're not going to win too many games, or is that like, dang, I need to play better. We need to win. I I I think he's in an okay situation. They know this. They know the score there, and, and they know they have a long term build. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the, the key for them is going to be drafting well, trying to sell free agents, good free agents yeah. on coming to play for them and yeah. making sure that Jalen Green stays happy. Right. <laughs> so stays on so, the court, stays yeah, well. Yeah. 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 We don't want no situation like Bagley or situation like other players. It's just, again, so much revolves around the star player. And a lot of teams have problems right now. Even the even the the Lakers, they they, oh, they got God. some chemistry interest Terrible. issues. They got to work out completely, and that's with much more veteran players. So again, it's always a revolving door. It's evaluating never stops. Making trades or even you know moves, personnel moves can make a lot of difference. I mean, Phoenix made it to the finals last year. And, you know, are they headed right back? You you just don't know. You know. Yeah, um, never never know now, especially especially with the way that that teams have kind of shaped up with, you know, the Lakers being the Lakers and having chemistry yeah. issues and Golden State being really good. Their shelf life in. seems a lot shorter. I don't know what it is about the last three or four years or maybe since the pandemic. The Like the team's shelf life are just short. Like yep. you see that and like, yeah, one player gets disgruntled to make a move. Like, again, before the pandemic started right in the pandemic, you think Denver and Boston is just like they're going to be good for for a long, long time. And that that's not necessarily true. No, yeah, especially when you got Jokic just trucking people here. <laughs> <laughs> Jokic just oh, dude. guys, but yeah, that that's another story for another day. I guess we'll move on here. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll throw it back a bit. You mentioned Scottie Pippen's new book. Uh, obviously, this is kind of a, a tour for him. Scottie's been through a lot, you know. That that I thought the doc made Scottie look good. Here's okay. a country guy who didn't have a lot of uh, maybe a lot of knowledge or intake of the basketball business. He went to S central Arkansas, the, you know, the Seattle supersonics traded him in, in for olden Pawnees. And again, our guy, Jerry Krause and, and Reinsdorf saw something and, and hit it. And, and he like, this guy's a hall of famer. So take me through this. Then why is he crying? So much? why is he out there so much saying all this? I, I'm a little lost right now. So we 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 ended the last segment saying keep Jalen Green happy. Uh, Scotty Pippen is not happy, and <laughs> or or Scotty Pippen is really happy, and he just wants to sell some fucking books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean is fair. it the wink wink? Is he doing the wink wink? Like, hey, dude, I just need to sell some books. I need some money. He, I, for, I don't. Okay, think so. so let me let me go. Okay, you don't think so? Let me go through some of the shit that's he that's that he's saying. He hinted that playing with a herniated disc was more impressive or more difficult than Jordan's legendary flu game. Okay, there's one. Uh, he said he felt the last dance highlighted Jordan as an individual and wasn't enough about the team, uh, or what, or Scotty saying it wasn't enough about me. Um, <laughs> a quote, a quote from his book, which is called Unguarded. Um, this is Scotty. Uh, yeah. I was nothing more than a prop. Pippen wrote of his portrayal in the Last Dance. His best teammate of all time. He called me. He couldn't have been more condescending if he tried. Okay. <laughs> He, he made it very clear that him and Michael Jordan were not the best of friends off the court. And I think, you know, that was who, clear. That, yeah, I think it was clear. Yeah, that was clear a long time ago. Um, this, this one was funny to me. Uh, Pippen and Jordan had a, a contest one year to see who could have the most steals in a season. And Jordan won the contest, but Pippen accused Jordan and the stat person of uh, fixing the election. Uh, like, like Trump says. <laughs> the fixes in. The fixes yeah. In, yeah. Uh, and then in an interview on Good Morning America with Michael Strahan, Pippen said he wants to be remembered as the greatest player of all time. Okay. Yeah, uh, now we're getting out. into the now we're getting into the real delusional shit here. Yeah. Uh, he said Michael Jordan ruined basketball because he didn't like to pass a rebound and kids uh, wanted to be like Mike. So they stopped passing and rebounding and stopped ball movement on the playgrounds. <laughs> uh, 
Let's I let's mean, blame on your evals, Devin. Just put blame Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. This kid wants kids. to be like Mike, so he yeah. he doesn't pass. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so you 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 get some things that it's like okay, you know, him and Jordan weren't friends off the court. Yeah, that's legit. That's uh, that's did standard. did the that's last dance. Yeah, did the last dance highlight Michael Jordan as being a legendary figure and people his legend grew because of it. Probably, but he yeah. still gave lots of credit to the team, and there was Dude, still. I, I remember the other guys just as much. Luke Longley right. just being a little goofy and living out in the you know away from the game. Dennis Rodman just such a badass, you know. Pippen again, his story I thought was great. Right. I mean, so Arkansas, why did he make? Dude, he looked like he really came up and 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 lived the American dream. What was he going to do? Manage the Central Arkansas basketball team and then go work at Walmart like? His life is hell of a lot better from yeah. going through that Chicago franchise, you know. And that's why that's why my takeaway from the last dance is the same as yours. As yeah. Scotty Pippen had this great, like, work hard for what you want, yeah. uh, you know, you know, American dream type story. Hmm. But I, I think this is his way of being like, hey. I want to sell some books. Let's create yeah. some drama. Let's create some, or yeah. if that's not the case, then he's fucking delusional, like yeah. crazy delusional. Well, you got to go. So gold, you know, Devin, your friends from Huntington beach, you grew up with, let's say fuck, you have a group of five or six friends <laughs> yeah. fuck all of them. <laughs> and, and my friends too, you know, and this is being honest, there's probably a little bit of things that we don't like, even though we hang out, have a beer or, or, or have gone to a game or something over the years. Sure. That happens. So I could see what Pippen's coming from, but Michael Jordan is not saying anything. So he's still <laughs> looking better. Like he doesn't have right. to say anything. Right. If he would have lost it, like, oh, what is he talking about? Then he'd be like, oh, maybe some of it's true. But like Jordan doesn't have to sit there and say anything. Yeah. He could just like, smile. Like you're... he looks even better. Yeah. Like his myth is just growing and growing because like this guy doesn't like ain't he the best player of all time? Like he doesn't have to say nothing. Oh, man. He doesn't have to say nothing. He doesn't, you know, have to do anything. It it, it makes him look better. You know, it it it's just not making Pippen look better. It's making Michael Jordan look again, once again, better. Just... Yeah, and I don't think Pippen had that intention. Yeah, right. He, that wasn't his intention with this little media tour he's doing and the things he's saying. So not only is he pissed that you know Michael has yeah. the legend status, you know, and he Correct. was. He was Robin to Batman for his yeah, whole career yeah. and still yeah. is associated as Robin to Batman even to this day. He's, yeah. he's just making Batman even stronger with yeah. all this stuff. Because Michael, so. Michael's so big time, he doesn't care what any of this stuff that Scotty's saying. He doesn't no. even have anything to say about it. So that just makes Pippen look even worse than he, than he already did or like look look even less of a Robin than what he was. I mean, obviously the I greatest. I think he's hurting himself, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the greatest one-two punches of all time, no doubt, Michael and Scotty. It, it like I get it probably gets old and probably gets annoying to be considered yeah. like to always have that shadow by you. Um, but obviously you helped the dude win six championships. Uh, he there's been plenty of times that he's given Scotty Pippen credit for uh, yeah. his contributions on the court and yeah. all these different things. But man, Scotty just he just either wants to sell some books real bad and needs that needs that money or. He's actually really pissed about this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, again, the guy is saying all these things about his back and stuff. But it's like, I remember when that game seven against the Pistons, when Scotty had the migraine, Michael Jordan didn't say nothing. Yeah. You know, um, and then I remember in the last dance when he didn't check into that game where Kuko hit the shot. Yeah. <laughs> And Michael Jordan calls Phil and he goes, boy, Scotty really fucked that one up. <laughs> like, he knew it was a bad moment. It's going to live and resonate. You yeah. know, again, because Jordan's not playing basketball at that point. He's just watching it and watching it from the peripheral. And he's like, boy, that looked bad. And it did. At the time, it did. I remember and, I was like, what is he doing? And, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's and it's so weird to see Scotty taking all these public shots at MJ because did Michael really ever take a public shot at Scotty about not checking? Obviously, the it came to light in the last dance because of the documentary and all that. But before that, it seemed like it was a private conversation between him and Phil Jackson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Never, nobody ever took a shot. Like he just rolled into the 90, 91 seasons. Like let's get better. And they got better and they got over the hump, beat Pistons and beat the Lakers. So it was like in today's NBA, that would have been a big issue. And like that team could have potentially broken up. Yeah. Oh, he migraine. He's awful. He tweeted. 
one of they'd have been tweeting at each other or something like what's going on here what what you wussed out or something it's just so <laughs> different you know like it just wasn't like that back then so that's what we said about the shelf life about today's teams it's the eagles are so fragile because i guess everybody has their platform everybody has a platform whether it's yeah. big or small you can say anything and yeah. right now pippin is and it's just it, it's time has passed by again it's 25 years ago and and people remember it as a great thing they're, they're not it good look we've talked about this before whether it's babe ruth uh joe dimaggio there's certain guys that magic johnson the, the media is not going to change their view on them right when magic announced for it, it just passed the 30th anniversary november 7th when magic announced that he had hiv like there was reporters crying crying yeah. like yeah. at the <laughs> Like you just can't. People love certain guys, and, and sure, Magic has his faults, no doubt. Just like Jordan or anybody, like they're, they're not going to change Scotty. So like, it's not going to change it. Whatever you think, not happening. Yeah, just I don't think. Go on to another thing. Yeah, Scotty. <laughs> Scotty's gripe, I don't think, is is with Michael Jordan. I think it's with the 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 people who pumped up Michael Jordan in the '90s. Whether it's Nike yeah. okay, with the all media, the, the Nike, yeah, the media I mean, with Nike with he yeah, was the, the most NBA. marketed, right? Well marketed athlete of all time. Yeah, he's still more at marketed better than the current athletes. What do you want? Like the Jordan is the only thing that matters. I all these people now. I guess obviously, rest in peace to Kobe. He's 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 deceased now. But and people are interested in Kobe shoes. But that you know, Michael Jordan is the Jordans and and his marketing and everything Gatorade. Yep, you can't beat it. So Pippen, you're gonna lose this. One. You're gonna lose again. You're gonna yeah, lose he, this one. Just move yeah. on. Pippen's been taking a lot of L's, whether it's yeah. personal life or. Or yeah. basketball life, uh, I think. Uh, I think it's time too for much of to... the public, you yeah. know. Sell the too book. Much... Hopefully, yeah. it does well. Uh, pocket that money, and uh, I don't know. Go watch yeah. your kids play play basketball. I mean, yeah. Uh, and Scottie I'd like Pippen to give a there. mention that, like, yeah. Scottie Pippen Jr. or Scottie Pippen. I don't know if he's a junior. I apologize, but from Sierra Canyon, he's like having a really good career at Vanderbilt. Like, oh yeah, I'm happy for him that he's put aside some of these off the court things that could easily distract the kid. Yeah, because we've seen kids, Devin, here in Southern California, like they're not playing college basketball no more because they're like either can't handle it or they don't love it. You know what I mean? And they've got major scholarships and they're already not playing anymore. Like Scotty Pippen Jr. is doing a pretty good job. Yeah, no, you know, for sure. like, I, I, you know, he has a chance to be an overseas player, or even an NBA player. That's that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, because again, he's been the media spotlight Sierra Canyon, probably a bigger spotlight as big as Vanderbilt. So look at look at what the guy's dealing with with now, and I think that's a good segue. Segue into our next segment. A segue yep. into our next segment is is Sierra Canyon, and the season's about to start in California here next week. As you as you listen to this podcast, uh, November fifteenth, the season will will tip off, and Sierra Canyon is number one. As we, ex as everybody kind of knows and expects, we I release the state rankings, uh, preseason state rankings, and it's very uh, interesting, Devin. If you look over the last four or five years, and again, the pandemic has kind of made it look like. It's a long time ago. Like, remember, when the pandemic started, Evan Mobley was still at Rancho Christian. Like, right. that's hard to think of, but he still was Crazy. at Rancho Christian. Like, it just seems so long ago, but he's already in the NBA. So when you look at Amari Bailey, the, the current number one player at Sierra Can, the top player, their best player, the state player of the year last year, he might, Devin, he might play with like six or seven other NBA players going back to his freshman. That's pretty nuts. Mm -hmm. You count B.J. Boston, one, Zaire Williams, Kenyon, K.J. Martin is already in the NBA, maybe Scotty. I don't know what Dwayne, how good Dwayne Washington is doing. You got Christian Coloco, who has a chance. And then the guys from the more recent team, you know, obviously including Amari, that's that's five and six are already just named. And I think I'm missing one more. Cassius Stanley is in mm -hmm. the NBA. So that's that's a hell of a run for Sierra Canyon. So they, again, they're the preseason number one for the four straight team, but I'm, I'm just trying to make a bigger point that Amari Bailey's played on those four teams, including this year and like how much talent he's played with. And obviously he's talented himself. Yeah. There's, there's, I think with the departure of Kylan Boswell from Corona Centennial, which is your yeah. second ranked team in California yeah. to open the season. Um, that kind of made Sierra Canyon pick as number one being pretty easy because um, obviously, uh, Corona Centennial beat Sierra Canyon in the Southern California uh, Open Division Finals yeah. last season, or I guess it's the Southern 
finals last season because there were no state championships. But sure. Um, and then they lose Boswell. They don't really add anybody else. Um, obviously, good players Donovan Dent, and Jared McCain, and Aaron McBride, and all those dudes. But then you get Sierra Canyon. They add Isaiah Ehelim. They add um, uh, Kajani Wright. Kajani Wright from Winward. And those are two high major level college basketball prospects, right? So obviously, Kajani Wright committed to USC and Isaiah Ehelim. By the time he's just a sophomore, by the time he's ready to commit, he can go anywhere he wants. So he's going to go anywhere he wants. Right. So a lot of people will question, be like, oh, well, you know, Centennial beat uh, Sierra Canyon straight up. It's like, well, you know, that's true, but things change. Correct. One team, one team lost a major contributor, and another team gained like three or four high level transfers, and, and really didn't lose much player. Right? Didn't lose anybody. So yeah, just to get that out of the way, yeah. And then number three, you have you have Harvard Westlake, which was it makes sense based on their roster with uh, Cam Thrower, uh, Brady Dunlap, uh, Jacob Huggins, uh, Landon Lewis, obviously uh, Cam Thrower and Landon Lewis, both recently committed, committed to Ivy League schools, uh, which was uh, earlier this week. Penn and Brown, right? Yeah, Penn and Brown. Yeah, Penn yeah. for thrower and Brown for Landon Lewis. And then you have uh, Robert Hinton, who's a good sophomore. You have um, Trent good Perry. freshman, Nicholas Kameni, good, yeah. really good player. And yeah. who's who's the other sophomore? Trent Perry. Yeah, Trent yeah. Perry, great shooter. So you look at that team, and they're well coached and uh, with, with Dave Rebebo. And obviously, Ronnie, uh, that's the number three team. Then we get to number four. And like the 2021 NBA draft, this is when things start getting a little shaky. Uh, Campbell Lindo is your number four team in California. Obviously yeah. Aiden Mahaney, uh, committed to St. Mary's is their best player. Um, give us a little bit of a rundown on them, Ronnie, and why they're number four, uh, yeah. over, over, you know, at Wanda or over, uh, Damien or modern day or something like sure. that. Sure. Yeah. I, I like Campbell Lindo again, because they have the, the chemistry they play together, similar to, to a Harvard Westlake. They got other pieces, you know, Cade Bennett's a good high school player. He was a all-state underclass choice. He's obviously Randy Bennett's son. Saw him this summer. They played really well. Shane O'Reilly, 6'3 junior is good. Logan Robeson. Their, their guards are really good. They move the ball. And then they have Matt Radel, who's 6'6, and Nikolai Bell, about 6'7, 6'8. So they got enough pieces there to make it work. And they also have a 15-0 JV. So they got depth. They got a couple guys moving in. And, and you know, for them, I don't want to knock them because Two years ago, they were the regional champs and, and made the final before that. Obviously, the, the pandemic threw everything off. They were going to play in the D1 state final when Mahaney was a sophomore. And they did, and last year, they were undefeated. And a lot of people don't know that Mahaney only played six games of those 15. Again, it was a short and condensed season in the North Coast section. They didn't have a section playoff. They didn't have a state playoff. So right. the Northern California teams were a little disadvantaged this year because we don't have the results to say, hey, this team's a – defending regional champ or hey this team won the d1 or d2 state title and they have some good players come back it's kind of taking really just a preseason prognosis for how they might be because them right. and modesto christian at number six were unbeaten yeah. but they weren't they didn't get to travel they didn't get to do anything like that so i think that's what's different about this season is yeah. that the um with with the teams that are where do you place them is especially in northern cal they don't have a lot of resume from last year to base it on and, and, and you could even look at that as Corona Centennial. They built their team in there where they finished, I think with only two losses to Etiwanda and Harvard Westlake. They didn't play teams outside of the CIF Southern section or outside this, outside the Southern California area. They did play Torrey Pines. And, and so like, where do they go? Where do, where do they, you know, this is going to be a lot different. You're going to play more teams out of area teams, out of state teams. That's going to, be a swing, sink or swim proposition for teams such as Modesto Christian, such as Campolindo. They're gonna have they're they're not gonna go undefeated, most likely. That's my point. And Centennial has much tougher teams to deal with as well. So yeah, nobody was able to play outside the, the region, so to speak. So that changes things a little bit, and that's kind of why I didn't I want to give them credit for what they did. Two years ago, they were in the state final, and last year they're undefeated, and they got most of those guys back. So it's just basically uh, straight up and straightforward. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. And uh, Etiwanda comes in at number five, which yeah. uh, beat Tory Pines for the Southern Regional Regional Open, Open Final. There's so many rounds and tournaments and things like that. Um, and 
obviously with, with with Coach Dave Kleckner, Ronnie, we know he has a couple guys coming back with Jimmy Baker and and sure. Curtis Williams, and you never know what's coming up from those those junior varsity and freshman teams because you got good teams. Yeah. Got good teams. You remember a guy like Jemai Meshack, he played uh freshman basketball. Now he's at Tennessee was a big time contributor for them uh, as a sophomore, junior and senior. Sure. Um, you have some names on here of guys who we should kind of expect to be those kind of dudes. Obviously we said Jimmy Baker, Curtis Williams, uh, Quentin Webb, who's committed yeah. to New Mexico. Uh, you have Alton Hamilton, a junior six, six Channing Cade, six, five junior. Um, and then a young core player is Amari Campbell, a 5'10 sophomore. Jeremy Williams, a 6'2 sophomore. Carrington Pierce, younger brother of Cameron Pierce, uh, who's yeah. at Cal Poly Slow. Former Etiwanda standout, a uh, six-foot sophomore. And then Zion Booker, the 6'4 freshman. When you talk to Kleckner, Ronnie, yeah. um, obviously when, when the season's over, he leaves. He goes to Chicago. He has, yeah, he's not worried he has about a great it. summer. He's not worried about it. They don't do anything yeah. in the summer and nothing in the fall. What are his expectations for this team? Yeah, I think he knows they're going to have a good team again. The reason why they're behind a Campolindo and or a Harvard Westlake is they did lose some firepower. I mean, yeah. Darvell Wyatt and and you said Mayshack, really Mayshack good and what's the uh, the other kid's name? Uh, Marcus Green and Marcus Green, the, the leaper. They were really good contributors. So a couple of those guys you mentioned might start off on JV, uh, okay. Campbell and Booker. But you, as you know, they may be able to contribute by the end of the season. They'll be deeper and better, and they're going to get better as the season goes on. So they may take their lumps at the beginning. Uh, our, our guy, Matty Kovac, was at a practice earlier this week, and he kind of mentioned that. He's like, yeah, they, they're just coming along. But the reason I couldn't start them any lower, Devin, is if you look at that baseline league, they, they've they won the league now, I think, fourth straight year, third yeah. straight year. So Chino Hills without Lonzo, but with the other four starters, won in 217. But Etiwanda won 218, 219, 220, 221. So I can't start them behind Damian. Yeah, they've won four straight league titles. So uh, until until somebody beats them in the league, I think they deserve to start ahead of those teams. Okay, so I think that's what they, even though they do have some firepower to replace, you know, they have a good program. You know, they have good young players. They'll get better. But from the league standpoint, you got to win the league first. Yeah, for sure. And you have Modesto Christian six, obviously, as you discussed, yeah. a really good yeah. uh, core of young players. players. Yeah. And then Damian, uh, who's also in the baseline league at Awanda, led by uh, Colorado commit R.J. Smith and uh, Jimmy Oladokun. Ola I'm, I'm pulling a yeah. run here. Oladokun. Yeah. Did, did you say his name right? Because I, I, I don't know. Watch it. Yeah. Jimmy Oladokun. Uh, that works yeah. for me. Um, and yeah. then uh, Caleb Smith, obviously. Yeah, uh, I like Caleb senior, Really good player. That's yeah. going to be a good team. And then uh, modern day Santa Ana at number eight. Um, they have an interesting roster this year. Um, Caden Minter is and Gabe Kiet are kind of their two seniors. Yeah. Uh, Zach Davidson, a six, seven junior. Good. Uh, Scott Belknap, a six, five sophomore, Brady Carrick, six, five sophomore. And then obviously six, eight freshman T Bartlett will likely see some decent minutes for the Monarchs. Um, the top team in San Diego, St. Augustine, um, led by Ian De La Rosa. They're going to kind of have a young group too, Ronnie. Uh, yeah. Lola Rudolph, Elon De La Rosa, Jaden Matingu. Um, the, you know, Matingu's a junior. Uh, Rudolph and really good uh, guard. Yeah. Yeah. Rudolph, really good guard. And then uh, Elon De La Rosa is a sophomore as well. So that's a young team. Um, what do you think about this crop of San Diego teams? Usually it's not as yeah. strong as the Southern section, um, sure. even some of the Northern coast sections. But what, what are your overall thoughts of this, these San Diego section teams this year? I think they're good. I think obviously San Marcos comes in at, at number 16 and number two, but again, they kind of got, you know, they got tripped up in the semifinals of open of San Diego last year. And for saints, as we call them, St. Augustine saints, yeah. we call them, uh, they got to win the open. I mean, there's going to, it's, it's similar to Tory Pines. I'd say like they're going to feel like they got to win the open. It's like with the roster they have and the team they have and the experience with, with Yale bound Devon Arlington, like this is their team. This is yeah. the one they've been looking for. Coach Mike Hopp has a really, really good roster, and they're going to want to try to win a game. Maybe at home they'll be for the first round of the regional, open regional. Then they're going to maybe have to go on the road to a an Etiwanda or Corona Centennial. They're going to have to win one of those big games to get into that regional final, and, and they know that. But, again, they're not going to look ahead. They're going to try to win the San Diego Open first. But, I mean, they, with that roster, they should really have a, a good chance. And then, obviously – Devon Arlington, like I said, at San Marcos, with, with that group they have, they have some pretty good role players. Those two teams are kind of head and shoulders above the other teams. 
There's a glut of good Southern section teams in the middle because I, I thought, okay, what am I going to do? Torrey Pines has enough pieces to make the top 40 because mm -hmm. I went 40 deep. And then what do you do with Mission Bay, La Costa, uh, the Border Boys, San Ysidro? They're kind of right in that cusp. They're all pretty good and competitive. Mm -hmm. They did okay at, at the Ron Massey event. But at if you go down to the Border League in that second division, obviously the top division was won by Oak Hill over Sierra Canyon. But in that second division, Jay Sarah uh, had beaten Mission Bay. So the, and Jay Sarah was kind of maybe the third or fourth team in the Trinity League. So those teams couldn't really be above Jay Sarah. I mean, yeah. Jay Sarah beat Mission Bay handily. It wasn't like a one-bucket game. Or I, I was there watching it. So, unfortunately, those teams kind of had to have to work in. Mm -hmm. Torrey Pines deserves has just enough to, to crack the top 40. And then San Marcos and Saints are by far the two best teams. Gotcha. On okay. paper. Yeah, it's always good to hear a breakdown of San Diego teams because obviously yeah. we don't get down to see them as much as we'd like to. Uh, you mentioned that glut of good Southern section teams in the middle. You have Crean Lutheran at yeah. 10 with, uh, you know, Coke Keat. He's been injured throughout the yeah. fall. They haven't played a full deck yet uh, in sure. the fall. And they added, you know, Victorious Miller, uh, Daryl Morris, uh, a point guard. They still have seven footer James Agani back. Uh, and then two other players, uh, Jack Fairchild, uh, who's playing football right now. But also yeah. plays does track and is a good basketball player. And Parker Tuttle, a six-five point guard, who's pretty good. So that that's a team to watch. And then they have a transfer, um, Rui Hahn from Damien, uh, formerly known as Harry Hahn from Damien. Really but uh, he's he, he he's a nice piece for them. Um, sure, they have a nice team. If Lance Coates healthy, he's yeah. one of the best players in the state. I mean, yeah, great pickup for UC Santa Barbara. If he's healthy, if they're incohesive and victorious fits in, that's going to be a good team in February and, and into March. Yep, and then Heritage Christian is the next team you have at 11. Uh, Malik Moore is signed with Pepperdine, and they have the Rebay Academy transfer, uh, Barrington Hargress, who's a very you know productive high school player. Sure. Um, then you have uh, Pierre Geneste from also transferred to 610 Center, transferred from Rebay Academy, which is no longer fielding a basketball program. Um, and then you have you know uh, St. Bernard, who has a, a backcourt of Darius uh, Carr and, and uh, Tyler Rollison, both very good players. And uh, you go to St. Joseph of Santa Maria. I don't know a whole lot about them, Ronnie. Uh, so I know you did your due diligence on that one. So I'll trust you with them at number 13. Uh, and Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame at number 14. And uh, San Joaquin Memorial out of Fresno at number 15. Uh, Ronnie, that kind of leads me into our bigger overarching topic of this is the open division, right? The eight best yeah. teams in the Southern section. Um, and obviously San Diego has its own. And the Northern California or Central California sections have their own version of it, whatever it may be. So let's, sure. let's focus on Southern section. You have Sierra Canyon, you have uh, Corona Centennial, you have uh, Harvard Westlake. Those three, I think, are locks. Yeah. And then at four, four through eight, eight teams, four through eight, it's kind of like there's a toss up. Um, is is Damien? Is it going to be modern day? Is Bosco going to be good to get, to get in yeah. there? At Awanda, are they, they going to be able to make a push for it? And sure. I don't know. It's going to be interesting this year with the open division. And if there's one team you can pick, Ronnie, based on what you've talked to, what you found out when talking to coaches and looking at rosters, which teams are going to be? Yeah, I think a team that can break the, the mold would be one of three teams. I think Crean Lutheran has a good chance, the best, St. Bernard's and or Notre Dame. They're good rosters. Again, they didn't really have a great 221 spring season. St. Bernard was only 7-4. and four. Notre Dame was five and 11 and, and, and one of their top players, Dusty Schumer didn't play on the team. So we're going to find out right away because um, on the 18th, there's a little mini four team tournament. So Notre Dame and heritage Christian are going to play like Granada Hills and, and another city school. And then they'll meet in the final. Okay. So they should play on, on Thursday, the 18th. So that'd give a good amount against an early season game, but those teams didn't do, you know, mainly speaking of St. Bernard's and, and Notre Dame, they didn't really do that much last year. But yeah. we know they have good rosters. And can they break the mold and, and, and break into that open? Again, we've kind of seen the same teams over. Centennial, Harvard, Westlake, Damien, Etiwanda, Modern, Modern Day, Day Bosco. Bosco, Sierra Canyon. Those are basically eight teams right there. So one yeah. of them is going to probably have to break in. I, yeah. I like Queen Lutheran, but again, they, that's a big jump from what they did last year. But as long as, long as they're healthy, as long as they mesh, they have a chance. You know, does Notre Dame have enough size that maybe, you know, Jaden Harper, the sophomore from transfer from Alameda, is going to have to play good? 
And then when you go to the to the a little bit further down, you know, you got West Ranch, which looked like they were going to lose Andrew Meadow, but he came back to school. They got James Evans, another young player, very good. Jaden DePina, Jonathan Fisher's a pretty good guard, and they have Bryce Cofield, who's obviously Corey Cofield's younger brother. He's a freshman, one of their best freshmen in Southern California. And then Bosco lost. I would say Bosco would be right there, right in the shoe-in until they right. lost Jeremiah Niarco to, yep. to Sierra Canyon. Again, he, he, I don't know how much he's going to play at Sierra Canyon, but he's going to hurt that he's not at Bosco. But then, again, that's going to open up some lanes and open up some opportunities for guys like Marco Kentz, DJ Holt, and then the, the terrific pair of freshmen, LZ Harrington, who's probably the best freshman right now in terms of production and, and ability to help a high school team, and Kate Bonham, who's not yep. very far behind. Yeah. Yeah, I think going down the list, Ronnie, you mentioned obviously um, the Heritage Christians and yeah. the Notre Dames and Crean uh, uh, Lutheran, and all those teams have have rosters that are like okay, it, yeah. yeah, if if if, if they win games and they play up to what they're you know stay healthy, play up to what they're doing, and do it right, they're going to have a chance at the open. I think a sleeper team is Rancho Christian. Um, yeah. obviously we haven't heard much from them since the graduations of, you know, Isaiah and Evan Mobley, sure. but Ray Bearfield's got a couple transfers in there that are, that are really good, really good players. Uh, they beat, uh, Fountain Valley at my showcase thing. I did at Beckman a few weekends ago, sure. and obviously th their best player is six, six, uh, guard Rodney Brown. Very who, good. Yeah. Very good player. Went to Paris high school, I believe, um, prior to two years ago. Yeah. Prior to transferring to uh, Rancho Christian. And then you have Martin Gumwell who was at, I forget the name of that school, that small Christian school yeah. in, in uh, Escondido. Yeah. But, Escondido uh, Valley. I'm, I'm forgetting the name as well. Victory. I don't know. Some, some weird <laughs> name. All, some you know, no, all you know is that he's 6'10", 6 6'11", 6 and can help. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah, he's, he's mobile. He's athletic. He's quick twitch yeah. athlete. He can block shots. He runs the floor. He's going to help them. And then, uh, they have a, a, uh, a little point guard, Makai Hankins, who transferred from another Temecula school, who's very good. So if I'm going to pick a kind of dark horse candidate, I'm going to go with, with Rancho Christian Ronnie. Okay, yeah, that's, again, I have him a little lower. And that's okay. It's, again, he, that's one of those teams that really didn't, really didn't have, you know, much of a 7-4, and four, just like St. Bernard's. But, you know, they're right in there with, I think, with Santa Margarita – yeah, Tory uh, Pine, Anthony's, Fairmont Prep, Valley, Rolling Hills Prep. They've been around, Devin. Can they, you know their team as well? Are they going to yeah. make a jump up? There's Maybe a lot of teams might. that have a chance. And then let's not forget the team that was under 500. They showed themselves pretty good at the Ron Massey's Bishop Montgomery. Again, yeah. they may be a year away because their core is juniors, but they have a good core. You know, they're pretty well coached. They've been in the trenches. They're in a tough league, the Del Rey League with Bernards and with St. Anthony. So they, they'll they'll have a they're going to have a chance. And like I said, there's kind of a glut of teams. I, I, I got some reaction and some feedback from some coaches. You know, they're kind of, they're kind of like, Oh, we're a little too low or a, what's What about us? I'm like, there's so many Southern section teams in that middle in the belly. Are they going to rise or are they going to fall? Or are you guys going to jump up above? Yeah. Basically? That's always, yeah. That's always the thing, Ronnie, with the preseason rankings. It's like, yeah. you don't know. We don't know, especially with the COVID shortened season last year and how correct how odd it was and now, and now there's so much movement, you know, transfer wise from, you know, various teams and yeah, so it's going to be movement this off season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But again, you guys can head to uh cowhighsports.com, check out Ronnie's, uh, uh, top 40 state of California yeah. teams, as well as 15 teams that just missed and make sure you guys head to the, uh, ballislife.com page and you can check out Ronnie's fab 50 national rankings, as well as all the regional top. How, how many did you do top? Yeah, top 100, well, 20 for five regions, so 100 okay. teams. 100 and teams. again, those uh, there are some teams in the West. Thunder Ridge is very good. There's a core of four Nevada teams that are good, led by Bishop Gorman, who cracked the Fat 50. We got Liberty, who you know is led by St. Mary's uh, signee, Josh Jefferson, D DJ Thomas, good team. Durango's a good team with a lot of good pieces. I know you like Sebastian Mack, and then you got Pop Pop Isaacs, who leads Coronado, and that's a pretty good team. So those four teams in Vegas that are quite better than everybody else. And they're just as good as a lot of the teams we just talked about.
Yeah, for sure. So make sure you guys head to ballslife.com. Check out all of Ronnie's rankings from the Fab 50 national rankings to all of his, you know, five regions with 20 teams, 100, 100 teams that, uh, you know, Ronnie's picked the brains of all these coaches on. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in to episode number 108 of the In the Paint show presented by Ball is Life. Uh, until next time, make sure you head to uh, Megaphone or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, we are there. Uh, check out the Balls Life Podcast Network. We have a couple other shows on deck as well uh, from some other content creators and you know former, you know current NBA players or WNBA players. A lot of good stuff. So we appreciate you guys tuning in to the In the Paint Show. But until next time, Ronnie and Devin are signing off.